Welcome to the Dad's Group Podcast. My name is Bernsey. And I am Blair. Dad's Group is about helping fathers and helping families. And what we aim to do on this podcast is bring you conversations that will build up your fathering and support the growth of your family. How this typically works is Bernsey, majority of the time, Bernsey will chat with people. I come on here at the beginning, ask questions. Uh, So I'm going to start the first question, Bernsey, who have we got this week? Yeah, so this week we've got uh, our guest is Tommy Maloney. He is based in the States and he is a, well, he calls himself a bonus dad, not a stepdad because what does step mean? So he's he's a bonus dad. He's got uh, his bonus kids. Um, And yeah, so he, he has a podcast called Blending the Family, which sounds a little bit weird, but it actually is about like, how do you, you know, have a blended family, not like blend your family. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I've never actually heard of bonus um, dad before, bonus kids. That's really cool. I love that. So why should dads tune into this episode? Look, I, I think what was particularly intriguing about my conversation with Tommy was because he's a bonus dad, um, some of those really key transitions and, and key aspects to fathering, he's sort of even more keenly aware of um, because he, he sort of doesn't take it for granted. So mm. I think what's really cool about this is that some of the things that he calls out about fathering, it's not specific to being a step parent or bonus parent while there are some specific things there, but yeah, I think he, he highlights some really key parenting moments um, that will help any dad, regardless of, of, you know, how you are a father or father figure to a child, I think they're really going to help our dads with that one. That's awesome. So what's one thing that stood out to you? Yeah. So I think what stood out to me was um, just hearing, you know, Tom, Tommy's story about when his first marriage did end about just his commitment to his son. Um, uh, so his own son there. Mm. And yeah, just sort of like how his journey was really sort of almost defined by his fatherhood at that stage. And mm. Yeah, I think it was really inspiring to hear his commitment and dedication to his son through that experience. No, that's amazing. So I'm really pumped for this episode. I'm really keen to check it out. But we would love your help, uh, guys. If you could please like, subscribe, and share. It's going to help us out a lot. It actually goes a very mm. long way in supporting this podcast. So please do that. That'd be fantastic. Really appreciate it. Enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to the Dance Group Podcast, Tommy Maloney. I find this very, very ironic in the fact is on this date, I uploaded your ah. podcast interview with me. So this is this is like full circle. This is this is, this is fantastic. Circle. This is great. It is. And and our listeners will notice that you don't have the stereotypical monotonic Australian accent that you are in fact, I think, I think you are our first international guest. No. I think. At least you, really? you would at least have to be our first guest like being interviewed from like in another country. Like we might've had, yeah. Internationals who are living in Australia and call themselves. Anyway, you get what I mean. <laughs> so you're saying I am the farthest guest you've the farthest ever had. Guest we've ever had. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There yeah. You, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, Tommy, welcome to the podcast. Um, as you, as you just alluded to, you have me on yours. So I, I had to get you back. Um, 
you know you were that's desperate what, that's we why you were desperate we were so yeah. desperate what were we going to do um but yes I, I got to be on tommy's podcast blending the family which let's let's start with that why are you blending up your family members tommy what's going what's doing i have one big blender and I am a very psychotic person. Uh, I saw the movie Fargo. I don't know if you or your listeners have seen the movie Fargo. And, you know, there's a lady getting chopped in the wood chopper. So I said, hey, blend families. <laughs> no, but honestly, when, when your request came through, I was like, this either a podcast about, you know, sort of, you know, two families coming together and blending together. Or I'm about to do an interview with like a masochistic, cannibalistic, you know, um, serial killer. <laughs> uh, probably a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm still not sure what podcast I was on. <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> no, but hit us up. What, what, what is Blending the Family all about? The, the backstory, actually, Adam, is that when my wife and I got together, um, first of all, we had this mantra that said, if our kids didn't get along, so my wife has two daughters and I have a son, and if the kids didn't get along, we weren't going to continue dating. Well, wow. however you want to look at it, the almighty, the spirit, the source, whatever you want to call your person that you vision, that you pray to. How's that? Yeah, How's yeah, that yeah. for trying to be PC for everybody? <laughs> um but it worked out for us. It, it really worked out. But the thing was that neither my wife or, or I could find any books or anything about mm. blended families to other than the TV show from the 70s, uh, The Brady Bunch. And I always kid that our family is a little bit like uh, The Brady Bunch. Uh, number one, we have less kids. Number two, we never had a housekeeper. Hence... <laughs> We're like the Brady Bunch, but totally different. And so, again, we couldn't find anything. And and uh, my wife and I sat down, and uh, I I actually have a radio background, and I was really loving podcasting. And I knew a friend who's a podcast coach, and I said, Doug, can you help me? And we created the the podcast. And the first several episodes were were my wife and I, and then my wife said. You go do it. You go. Do it. I'm like, I'm good at that. I don't need. I don't actually need a microphone. I'm just stupid, so it's all good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I I love the concept, and and I think it's so so crucial. And and we we we've had a couple of um, dads on here before who come from blended families, but we've we've never really just talked about it as as the topic um can i say like as as the focus of an episode but look um this is me being a bad host let me rewind how are you going out of 10 today tommy given that it's the end of your day and uh but how are you out of 10 i you know I, as i kid with people it's a day above ground so today's been a today's been a great day um other than the fact that I had to work, but I get to work from home this week. But uh, life is good. Life is good. Yeah. And you? What about you? Oh, I'm a, I'm a good twelve now. Um, now that we're in in this uh, in this podcast and recording, it's uh, we we had so much fun when I came onto your podcast. So can I um, can I tell you how much fun I had 
editing it and i'm just like i'm i was still laughing even though i already knew what was going to happen it was just your energy adam was just fantastic and you know yeah we're talking about blended families i mean i i put in the show notes how much uh when you spoke about your dad and and your bonus dad because in our family we don't use the word step we always use the word bonus because we never understood what step means because that'd be good bad so mm. but to your credit adam i i really love the fact that you know you were open and honest talking about those uh very um in in uh impactful relationships and so as as a blended family for us i i never i never knew what a blended family was originally mm. again mm. other than watching sort of trying to understand the concept with a Brady Bunch, but I don't remember growing up with anybody who was a blended family. Yeah. 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 Look, and I think, uh, thank you for, for, um, for that. And, and I think for me being able to talk so openly about it is because that's what dad's group is. Um, it is just dad's talking about everything family, including their own families and, and what we saw growing up. And I don't think that's the real power of what we're doing in dad's group is you, you're sort of blending together. If I can uh, borrow the phrase, um, mm -hmm. different family experiences from different dads. And so you'll, you'll have a, a, a dad's group gathered together at a playground somewhere over coffees. Someone's watching the kids, probably not the, no, the dads are watching, <laughs> but you know, like it's, it's sort of saying, you know, like, Oh, I'm, this is what's going on for my kid at the moment. And I just don't know anything about that. That's not part of my frame of reference. Um, I was talking to one of our dads about um, rough and tumble play um, mm -hmm. because it's just not something that I grew up with. Um, and it, it actually really intimidates me. So like, but there's all this research about how beneficial it is to kids, especially boys. And I'm like, well, how the hell do I do this? If You know, like, it's just not a comfort thing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, how, how old's your son? I forgot. He's two next month. If you can Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, you know, mine is 19. And every once in a while, when we're together, he will occasionally reminisce about some of the things that we did. And one of them was... Um, I hate to admit it, but I'm going to admit it because you're talking about it. And that was, yeah. I would pick him up and throw him on top of the bed. And, and the uh, the bed cover we had was, was slippery. So he would slide. <laughs> and at one point, I think you, I, you know where I'm going. At one point, I threw him a little too hard and bam, right into the wall. <laughs> and he gets up and he's like... Again, like <laughs> the TV show Dinosaur, the little babies, like, let's do it again. And so I, you know, it, it, my son, 19, I miss those days, Adam. Yeah. Um, you know, it, not to keep rehashing, but when I was listening to our episode and you were talking about, you know, your son and, and I, I kept thinking about, you know, when I was a stay-at-home dad and when I was, you know, he and I, he, he was like my mini me and we would go everywhere together and do things together. And we'd go to the park and we'd, you know, go for walks. And I was having a conversation. My wife and I were at an event uh, this past weekend and we we're talking to a friend of ours and he's a new dad as well. And so I, I said to him, and this is my advice also for you, Adam, and any other young dad or 
dads that have young kids, yeah. or even if you're a young dad and you're a kid at heart, I don't know, uh, pick up your kids because yeah. we're going to get to to an age where you're not going to do that anymore, where you're physically mm -hmm. not going to lift them anymore and carry them and hold them. And so, you know, it's it, it, part of, part of who I am was because when my dad, I was five when my, when my dad uh, and my mom uh, divorced and I didn't want my son to go through that when his uh, mom and I divorced my sole purpose after the divorce was to be the best dad I could be. Now, did I screw up? Oh, a lot. And even today, I still screw up a lot. And one of the things that I had to learn from my own dad was we would have conversations later in life. And he would tell me, you know, he'd say, I, I was a really bad dad or a crappy dad. And I say, no, it was what you thought was best. And I inherited that that negative self-talk to me until one day I just said to my dad, we were on the phone. I said, we got to stop this. Yeah. So my whole my whole point here, Adam, is as as men, we we will beat ourselves up and mm -hmm. we will think we are the, the 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 idiot. But there are just those times where we're doing the best we can in that situation. You know, Tommy, as you're saying that, I, I was thinking to myself, why is it that Tommy and I connect so well? And I realized I've got a two-year-old, you've got a 19-year-old. We've both got sons who are boob-obsessed at the moment. And, and dealing with that, yeah, I think that's the, the commonality here. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, it could also be that we're both very immature. <laughs> yes, as, as demonstrated by that joke. <laughs> <laughs> there we go let's let's uh for our listeners let's 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 explore the genesis story the the origin story of of tommy um maloney um, how much time do we have but like <laughs> take us back to i guess you, you just mentioned it there about like your your own parents um marriage breaking down what was the experience like for you, um, particularly as you grew up and, and created a bit more awareness about that? What was that like for you? Um, you know, were you living with one parent or did they have joint custody? What was sort of that experience and how did that, you know, you talked about not wanting to, to put your son through the same thing, um, but I guess what was your experience in that? I will tell you that... I'm not, I'm, I don't blame either of my parents mm. for my, my, how do I phrase it? I, I've gone through a lot of mental health issues, um, major depression, suicide. And what I witnessed, I, you know, it's, tat it's tattooed on my brain. I, I will never forget when the day my mom and dad got into a huge fight and my dad walked out. We lived in, uh, you're a basketball fan, so yeah. let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Because yeah. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. But uh, I remember the window where I was sitting, it overlooked a courtyard. And I remember my dad stopping, turning, waving, and 
um, not to totally plug my book, my dad's advice at 504 AM, but I do mention that in the book that I do remember my dad waving at me and the confusion in my mind going, what just happened? Yeah. And from there, yeah, my mom and I left uh, Chicago and we moved to um, about an, an hour north of Chicago in a town called Highland Park, Illinois, where my grandparents lived. And that's who primarily raised me. Yeah. And my mom worked my mom worked two jobs. She just tireless, you know, put, kept, kept the family together, which was just her and I. And, but I was very fortunate to have my grandparents right down the street from us. Now, as far as, you know, spending time with my dad, I cannot recollect, honestly, Adam, how often I saw him, but I do yeah. remember spending time with him. I do remember his first apartment, which was about the size of a phone book or phone uh, phone booth. Well, probably a size of a phone book as well. But I do remember the the positive times I spent with him. And as, as I've gotten older, that's what I want to remember more. I want to remember the, the happy times. Yeah. Uh, my dad and I, one of my dear friends, uh, named Ken, he has this habit and I picked, I finally picked up this habit. And that is every Sunday I call my parents and my grandmother, by the way, my grandmother just turned 100 Whoa. and she is, she is as sound as anything. Happy. Real quick story. We had the party for her. We were all ready to go to bed. She was ready to go hit a rave. I mean, <laughs> she was, she was good. She was, I'm just like, can I, can I go? to sleep. <laughs> so the the point being here is that I was very blessed to have, you know, grandparents, uh, my great grandfather. Um, and again, I, I try and remember the positive things with mm -hmm. my dad, not as the, the negative things. Yeah. Oh, but my point, my point was I call my parents and my grandmother every Sunday. That was my point. See, I, and I'm not. This is this is just hot water and lemon in this mug. <laughs> for, the, for, sure. for those that are listening, that I'm drinking, I can, I can smell the liquor through the. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't tease me. Don't, don't tease me. Uh, so you, you you said that you don't blame your parents, but did you ever blame yourself? You know the the a lot of children who, who go through that experience and sometimes that questioning of this happened because of me did that ever cross your brain no yeah no uh only because i lived it yeah. even though even though even though i was there i i really didn't see a lot but i did hear a lot yeah yeah so i i you know you, as a kid you sense these things i mean even my son he he sensed that his mom and I, you know, we had our disagreements, discussions, anything else that begins with D problems. And he, he could sense it. And no, I never, I never took the blame, but I never, and, and maybe, oh gosh, now I, now I need to be on the couch, Adam. Now I need to. <laughs> 
So maybe, maybe part of it is, is a self-worth, mm. you know, not feeling worthy, uh, you know, coming from, you know, the cliche of a broken home. Yeah. Um, so uh, part of that, um, of the divorce, the trauma that, that inflicted me was a lot of depression, even and, and I still struggle today. I have my moments, yeah. um, but I am very fortunate to have a uh, my wife who is very supportive, and uh, I've got friends that I can reach out to. Mm. So let's fast forward then to, if that's okay, to to sure. your previous marriage, and like when when as you said, those discussions, disagreements, all the days that were happening, when that was happening, what was your, what was your first instinct? Like, did you, did you sort of see things going that way or, you know, was there ever like a, I know for me coming from a broken family, there's almost this motivation to never break up with my wife. I wonder like, how did you, how did all of that collide for you at that time? So uh, I'm, you, you nailed it. Studies show that if you, if one of your partners um, comes from a divorced family, you have a higher rate of, of getting divorced. Mm. And so that was, that was me. I, I put a flag in the, in the ground saying one and done. This is it. This is the, the, the marriage. This is it. Um, I, I kid uh, because towards the end of the marriage, we're going through, uh, uh, marriage counseling. And I always kid with people who say, well, couples in marriage counseling don't get divorced. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not only was I wrong, the best part was I, I kept wanting to still continue going to therapy even after the divorce. So I stayed with that same, uh, uh marriage therapist because I, I really, had a good connection with her. Mm. And one of the first sessions after the, the, my former wife said, I want a divorce. The therapist said, I am shocked that you guys are getting divorced. I go, imagine how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, You know, you can only, you can only, you know, plant that flag for so long, Adam, and, and realize, you know, I, I I look at the and I have to look on the 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 bright side and that is even though I have a former wife who her and I we we can't be in the same room mm. but we have a fantastic son we've got yeah. you know he he has never been trouble I mean he's had his moments but you know he's never been one of those. Uh, well, he's an adult, but you know, kids in mm. school causing problems. He was always uh, a little bit of the sensitive kid, so he was always um, nurturing other other kids. Um, people enjoy, you know, him being around. He enjoys being around people. So, I am very fortunate to have not only him, but I have two fantastic bonus daughters who we we have a great relationship, and they they treat my son Connor just like their brother and he treats them just like sisters, you mm. know, blood. And so it's, it's, it's beautiful. So again, even though I'm going through a divorce, I, I have to, at, at days, even on my down days, 
my down days, I, I name it fog. So the fog will roll in and then mm -hmm. fog will roll out. Mm -hmm. But I have to, you know, kind of uh, grab a hold of positive moments or positive things. And, you know, you're asking me about, you know, being a 10 or a 12. I, I I tell people, you know, when they say, well, how's it going? I always say, well, it's a day above ground. I mean, yeah. I mean realistically, yeah. think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you flagged that statistic as well, because I think, uh, or maybe not statistic, the trend, but, you know, I think it, it's a reminder that we don't have to be defined by the family experience or lack of experience that we had growing up. Like, you know, I, and we don't have to be defined by, as you say, like, yes, research finds that children of divorced families end up are more prone for for that sort of outcome, but you don't have to be defined by that. And there's a whole lot of other things that go into that. And and I think, you know, your approach into your bonus family and, and the blended family, I think, really illustrates that. That you know, uh, we have experiences we learn from them, but they don't necessarily have to define our trajectory forwards. Um, I wonder if we can then, you know, as a single dad, then. Um, what were some of the the joys and struggles of, of raising your boy? Well, the the joys were the ability to spend time with him. And again, after the divorce, making him a priority. And uh, I have in the past, I have I've coached other dads and they go from one relationship to the next relationship, to the next relationship, to the next relationship, to the next relationship, yeah. and not spending time with their kids. And that drives me freaking bonkers. Mm. So I, I made sure that my son was a priority. Now, the downside, the flip side was um, I didn't have a, a real place to live. So on the weekends that I had him, we would stay at a, a hotel, hmm. but we created some fantastic memories and Connor had stipulations on the hotel. Number one, it had to have a pool. Number two, it had to have a hot tub or a jacuzzi. <laughs> and, and the funny thing was he didn't know how to swim at that time. Um, so that's okay. That's okay. So the, those, to me, he might not remember all those, um, but to me, I, I can remember those. That was, you know, a little bit of the downside. So I got divorced December 2008. By July of 2009, I had my own place. Mm. And one of the things I did was when we went uh, shopping for furniture, I made sure he was part of the process. Mm -hmm. So when it came to picking out, you know, his bedroom furniture, I made sure that that's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And so that was the one thing I learned was, you know, make the kids part of the process uh, along those lines. When uh, my wife uh, now, Ann and I, when we were house hunting, we brought the kids with us because we wanted them to be a part of it mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, the joys after the divorce was, you know, being able to spend, you know, as, as much time as I could with my son, the downside was um, 
my work is is 100 travel so i missed out on on, on several mm-hmm. uh, opportunities um again didn't have stability as a place to live but we we made it happen we we figured it out and so i i look at it you know that that whole what if would you be able to change anything and i say no i'm whatever happened happens you know yeah 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 so let's go then to you know you you're you're out there as a as a as a well, it's like player, but you know, you're a good looking guy. You're a good rooster. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks. You know, good thing, like, we're on, good thing this is going on audio. So, <laughs> how, how do you, how did you navigate that? Like, in, in terms of being a dad and, and having that priority for your son, um, you know, how, how did you maintain that as you're exploring different relationships and sort of determining? you know, what, what the future looks like. How, how do you balance that out in terms of, you know, your own needs and desires and hopes for your future and then also, you know, wanting to to keep him at the center of that? I will be honest with you, Adam. I dated one girl after my divorce and then I dated my wife. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but I was a very awkward teenager. So I did not date a lot. I never had that self-confidence. Um, you know, I was, you know, I had some girlfriends, but for the most part, I, even today I have, I have, uh, morphed even into more of an introvert than, than normal. Um, and I've had to learn to start as the cliche says, getting out of my shell even more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I only dated one person and the problem I had was she would ask for a lot of my time mm-hmm. when it was my weekend with, with my son. And after a while, I just said, I, I can't do this. I still, I, I, I want to say I was still going through, you know, the stages of grief, what even after the, the divorce and again like you're saying adam i i had to put a priority on my son mm. because that you only get you know one chance with your kids and so yeah. i was very fortunate to have met my wife because we have similar uh backgrounds as far as uh the people who are our former uh they were very similar and we mm. had very similar parallel universes as far as you know how we were treated in that marriage and that relationship so mm. yeah i know it's hard to believe you know this guy you know hitting the town of denver <laughs> and just you know women just flocking me day in day out yeah but just batting them off oh oh you know it baby you know it. <laughs> so then like when you met your now wife and you sort of sense that things were were going that way. Like, what did you say to your son? Like, oh, actually, you know, I've, I've found someone and it's really working. And oh, by the way, if you can have, you know, there's two, she's got two daughters and you're not, you know, like how do you sort of break that to him and, and explain it? And, and like, what then, 
you know, what was his response and how do you incorporate that into the whole decision-making of it as well? Well, here he had a little taste of it when I was dating the the first girl, but yeah. when it came to uh, my wife, Anne and I, and we, we decided that we really wanted to eventually get married. Uh, again, like I was saying earlier, if, if the kids didn't get along, we weren't going to get, we weren't going to continue on. Yeah. And that was the biggest piece because it's not fair to the kids to be put under, you know, one roof and not really have a say. So with that being said, what we did was we wanted uh, uh, a neutral location because our our thinking, our thought process was if we go to like a restaurant, you're forcing the kids to have um, conversation. Yeah. And you're forcing them to be together. Mm. And what we did was it was wintertime. We went to an outdoor ice rink and just let the kids be kids. We let them go skating. And I'll never forget what happened. So my son and I got there early. Uh, My son actually, he still does. He plays hockey. Mm. And I thought it was a little advantage of us because us guys, we can skate. I didn't realize all three girls were fantastic athletes. <laughs> Again, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but my son and I are standing in the middle of this little ice rink, and uh, my one bonus daughter, Becca, goes up to him, slaps him in the shoulder and says, tag you're it and the two of them just took off (laughs) so i knew right then and there we were good we were solid but that was the 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 biggest thing right there was if you introduce your kids to you know your new friend as i'm using air quotes (laughs) how 90s of me (laughs) is, is do it in a in a in a neutral location because if it all goes south, no harm, no foul. And that was my thinking too. Is where the ice rink was. It's in a um, it's an outdoor shopping mall. Yeah. So worst case scenario, my son and I are going to go get gelato. Yeah, we're good. You know, yeah. you no. Know, if even if the flames are hurting, gelato cures it all. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And, and that would you actually. Um... Yeah, got ahead of me there. I was going to ask, what, what were you sort of, like, where were you, how were you pre- preparing mentally? And, it, and you just um, hit that. But, like, then let's let's go to the actual blending part um, because, you know, like in a, in a blender, when you start blending things, it's not like instantly all one substance. Like, you, you still got the chunks and the floaters and the, you know, all bits and pieces. So... What were some of the what were some of the clunky parts of that of coming together as a as a as a blended family? Like was you know what what were some of the routines that you were trying to maintain and what what stayed and what what had to go and yeah, I, I have to laugh because there was one night I was taking my oldest bonus daughter Betsy uh, to church for for an event. And Betsy is one of the smartest people I know. She is a physician's assistant. She 
um, again, is super intelligent. As we're driving, I'm saying to myself, I need to have a conversation with her to say, and in the conversation went a little like this, hey, I just want to let you know that I really care for your mom. I understand that I am not here to substitute for your dad, just like your mom isn't going to substitute for Connor's mom. And it was a, you know, it was a somewhat serious conversation. And the whole time, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm really reliving this. The whole time she's looking down on her phone, just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, okay. I, I kid that I'm an introvert. She's that to the to the ninth, tenth level, even though she's happily married and 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 all that. But that was what I felt I needed to do. I needed to have that conversation, just let her know that, you know, I'm here to support her mom. I'm here to, you know, I'm not just going to get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. Her sister, on the other hand, is um, her and I get along so well. Her and I are, are, there were times where I would pick her up from school and we would go either grab ice cream or, or um, grab some French fries from a fast food place. Yeah. She was like my buddy. I'll never forget, uh, we were somewhere pulling into the garage and she looked at me and said, when are you marrying my mom? And and Connor's like, yeah, when are you marrying her mom? And so I, I go back to that whole moment on the ice rink, Adam, that we let the kids be kids. We let them organically get to know each other. Yeah. Again, not forcing them to be in an uncomfortable situation. And so some of that clunkiness, yeah, there were times where I'm an only child. I don't know how to deal with uh, sisters when they're yelling at each other. (laughs) I just totally shut down. Uh, we're recording this in my my home office, which is downstairs. My home office actually was in a different bedroom downstairs. But what I'm getting at is anytime there was conflict between any of the girls, I would come down here into my office and hide <laughs> because I could not deal with the clunkiness. Uh, one of the best things that I inherited in this marriage was a wine refrigerator, which is located downstairs in the basement. And I could just go grab one and open it up and just usa relax. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the, the, the major point here is what my wife and I, we're trying to accomplish without really knowing what we were doing. Again, if the kids didn't get along, we weren't going to continue on. We all three kids got to meet in a neutral location and that worked out really well. Um, The one thing I learned from my bonus dad was don't come into a situation demanding respect. You're not going to get their respect. And so that's where I organically, learn from the girls of their their hobbies and their um they were at the time when when uh, we were all getting together uh the girls were in gymnastics so i would go to those events and cheer them on and be part of their life and so was it all perfect was it all unicorns poop and skittles every single day oh heck no 
heck no. Like I said, thank thank the higher power source, big guy, little woman, big woman, whoever for wine. Thank you for wine. <laughs> so now, like, you've got this podcast now. What, like, what have you learned through through this podcast? Because I know for me, like, I just sort of think it's a bit ludicrous that, like, I get to talk to all of these people um, in the parenting space, other dads, and just sit and learn and and glean even more wisdom from from others. Like, what's what's it been like for you? Like, who? Who have you talked to besides myself that really impressed you and really, you know, gave you something that that has has stuck with you? Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I have to think about you impressed me. Hold on, I got that. <laughs> wasn't the right I'm kidding. Impression. It wasn't the right impression. <laughs> um, I'm gonna tell you one of your fellow countrymen. Uh, Michael Ray. Yeah. And Michael Ray, if you don't know him to your listeners, find him on, I know on LinkedIn, there's two Michael Rays, but only one is from Australia. Yeah. Um, here's what I learned from Michael. And that is, and this is something for, for all you dads out there that again, have young kids to be able to start this. Now, your son is might be is a little young to understand this concept, but what Michael says, what he does with his daughter Charlie each and every night is they have um, like a one-on-one meeting, a um uh like a a, a status report. Yeah. Um, on how he did excuse me, is how he did as a dad that day and how she did as a daughter. So almost a performance appraisal. Exactly. And I I think that's what he calls it. Oh, there you go. But that was probably the biggest life lesson. And here's why. You can take that to not only parenting, but your marriage Mm. or relationship Mm. Mm. on having those open dialogues with your kids somebody told me years ago and i can't remember who it was but it was somebody on the podcast saying don't be afraid to ask your kids how you're doing as a parent just remember they're going to be honest with you (laughs) and be prepared Mm -hmm. don't take don't take offense to it but just have that open dialogue have that conversation. Mm. And I I did this years and I think Connor was like 14, 15, because uh, he still needed me to drive him everywhere. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, well, how am I doing as a dad? How how can I be better to support you? And he just looked at me and he goes, Dad, you're doing good. I'm like, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. But yeah. I wish I had that advice from Michael to be able to have those, those conversations. And yeah. I'm trying to figure out a way how to do that now with my son. Yeah. And he's, he's away at university, but how to broach that topic with him and just ask him. Yeah. Yeah. Send him a survey monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him we'll get a free burrito when he completes it. <laughs> There you go. That's perfect. Um, 
I'm going to stop you talking about Michael Ray because I've just locked him in for a future episode of the Dad's Group podcast. So stop, stop giving away his content. Um, but I, I, you know, I with my son, I get that appraisal in the morning um, because he'll be cuddling up to mum. And if I try and get in on the cuddles, if he lets me, then I know that I'm on a good run. But mm-hmm. I get a lot of like I literally get the hand up. No, I don't want it. <laughs> it's about you know, and it's it's a very firm no. And he says no, don't want. And and that's when I know okay, I need to be working a little bit more on my connection with him because something's not you know. If his first instinct when he sees me is no, then then I'm not. I'm missing something. So I don't know. Bribes, you bribes know, go just, a long way, Adam. Just yeah, bribe well, him. Until someone figures out a way for me to be able to breastfeed, but <laughs> but you, you've written you've you've written a few books, yeah. It's not just my dad's advice. You've got others, or am I yes. making that up? You do have others, yeah. I do have others. Uh, Twenty five tips for divorced dads. The second book was called "Why Not You? Why Not Me?" That was just um, if you find it on Amazon. I don't know if you should buy it, but, uh, <laughs> and I always say that because this is before the software Grammarly came out and I wrote these blog posts, um, and I turned it into an ebook, yeah. but it was just cathartic. It was just me just trying to get, get this stuff out. And then the newest book is, uh, my dad's advice at 504 AM. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the book. Why, why should people buy my dad's advice at 5.04 a.m.? Sorry, I'm so a bit dyslexic. I was like, at 4.55, 4.04, 4.05, what was it? Yeah, no, go for that, it. That's okay. You're in Australia. It's already the next day, so you're good. <laughs> that's something else to learn from Michael Ray. Time zones. Anyway, just kidding. Um, the, the book, so my dad's advice, so I got advice and 504 represents when my son was born. Yeah. So okay. so a couple of years ago, you might have gone through this. Your son's born. You have to call family to let them yeah. know, hey, we've got a new baby. Mm-hmm. All healthy and all that good stuff. So the first person I called uh, was my wife's, my former wife's uh, mom. Then I called my mom. Uh, my former wife's dad uh, was killed tragically. So the next call was to my dad and 504 in the morning. So, you know, we've been up for a long time, even though I wasn't one having the baby, we were still, we, we were a team at that point. Yeah, We were up and I'm tired. I'm crabby. Well, that's me usually anyway. <laughs> and I called my dad and I said, hey, congratulations. Uh, you're a grandfather. Um, we named him Connor, yada, yada, yada. And so there was this pause and my dad goes, do you know what your role is now as a father to your son? And all I'm thinking is, I just want to go to bed. I don't need Nietzsche telling me the meaning of life right now. And so I'm just like, uh, I I guess to love him as as best I can. Another pause. And understand this, Adam. My dad has a very dry sense of humor. Yeah. But he goes, no, 
Your role as a father right now is to screw them up as best you can, just like I did with you. And I'm like, thanks, Dad. I <laughs> so the book talks about that advice and how I, I reversed engineered it. And the, the reason why I wrote the book was actually I wrote it for uh, single moms who have an amicable relationship with their former spouse, because I, w I just wanted to spotlight that there are really good dads out there. Yeah. We might be idiot ex-husbands, but at the end of the day, we're still good dads to our kids. Yeah. And so throughout the book, I weave stories of not only my relationship with my dad, um, I talk about my mental health, but I also talk about you know, things like you and I are talking about how to build a successful blended, you know, family. And I, I do a chapter on, on the girls and talk about my relationship with them. And so at the end of the book, the story is my wife and I are on a date night and we're sitting in this Irish pub and I overhear somebody say that they're visiting from Chicago. Well, when I hear that, my hometown, am I wearing a Cubs t-shirt? I think I'm wearing a Cubs t-shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing a Cubs t-shirt. I know this is, anyway. So anyway, uh, I digress. We, we end up having a conversation with this other couple. And so I say to the to the guy, because they're they're an older couple and they're dating and they've got adult kids. And I say to the guy, I tell him the story about my dad's advice. And the guy goes, eh, your dad was right. <laughs> like, what? So that that blew my mind. And so the, the purpose, again, the purpose of the book was to really showcase to women out there that, you know, there are good dads out there. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I wrote the book. Love it. Love it. Well, I will ask you to keep your clothes on for the remainder of the podcast, so I tell you. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> or put my pants back on. Ah, thank God you're seated. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, for, for our listeners um, who, who want to sort of follow along with your journey and your work, where's the best place to find you? Probably at home. <laughs> I'll cook them breakfast if they want to come over. I mean, um, I'll... I'll, I'll uh, as 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 we had this conversation, I will barbecue some shrimp. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> in the house for you and and your listeners. Yeah. Uh, it, it's simple. Just go to blendingthefamily.com, blendingthefamily.com. Uh, you'll find me heavy on uh, LinkedIn, and on LinkedIn, it's the Tommy Maloney, the Tommy Maloney on LinkedIn. So that's it. That's the only places you'll find me. Well. Occasionally in airports, hotels, rental cars. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's uh, about I'm, it. I'm just going to keep moving along here. Um, yeah. My dad's advice at five by four AM is available on the website and on Amazon. So if you order the book through the website, can I just go on my soapbox real quick? Yeah, yeah, Jeff yeah. Bezos does not need your money. Okay, <laughs> Jeff Bezos doesn't need another. $30 for a book. Okay. Go to my website, blendingfamily.com. You go to the website. I personally take it to the post office and mail it to you. And what else do you get? I personally 
put a little note in there for you. Oh, there you go. There you go. And, and a special dad's group offer. If you use the code dad's group, Tommy will chuck in his uh, worn on his back uh, Chicago Cubs t-shirt. No, I'm kidding. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> um, sure. Sure, I'll send that to you. I'm I'll just, I've just always wanted to say, if you use a promo code, we, we don't have a promo code. I've never had one to share yet. Tell me. Hopefully. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, Tommy, thank you so much for your time this evening because it is uh, evening over there. Um, it is. It's uh, 8.01 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Mountain Standard Time. That just sounds made up. <laughs> I make a lot of things up. Is it, is it like, standard is it standard for every mountain? <laughs> it is because the mountains don't move, so it's standard for them to be standard. Uh, God, I need some wine. Now. You need some wine or some sleep, or one or the other. But no, Tommy, thank you so much. You are an awesome bonus dad. Um, oh, thank you, Adam. It's been such a bonus for us to have you on the podcast, all of our guests. Um, thank you for the work that you do and for all the great advice uh, for for dads, bonus dads, foster dads, every sort of dad um, that's out there. I, I think you're, fur you're dads. Fur dads, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing. I, I see so many dogs getting pushed around in prams. Um, yeah. It's weird. Well, not weird. It's 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 a thing. Fur dads. Go, you, you fur you. It's such a thing. <laughs> there you go. You fur you. <laughs> But no, thank you so much for all you do to acknowledge the the different ways that men do play that father figure role in children's lives. And um, yeah, we encourage our all our listeners as you know. Um, I, I'm constantly pushing books because I'm a, a lover of books myself. But um, you are, and you don't like salary, which you and I are going to have to have a conversation one day about. Yeah, yeah, I like salary, not salary. Oh. I- I like salaries too. <laughs> but yeah, no, Tommy, thanks for your time, mate. Thank you for joining us on the Dice Crew Podcast. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> awesome. And we also want to thank our listener for tuning in today. If you haven't already, go check out our website at www.dadgroup.org. Uh, in this space, we've got some awesome resources for support for families, new and expecting families. Uh, there's a lot of mental health support there by some amazing organizations on this website as well you can also support dad's group through purchasing our merchandise or a solid donation would be amazing and help us impact the lives and and uh, of, of new and expecting families all around australia but thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next week cheers guys